Hey, we're going to dig right in. Uh, we're in a series in Ephesians. It's called I Am. And uh, the past several weeks, uh, we have talked about our identity in Christ, who we are in Christ. And it matters, uh, it matters much that we know who we are in Christ. It matters because when we find out who we are in Christ, then it affects how we are to live out our life in Christ. In fact, uh, the first three chapters, the first several weeks we were in Ephesians, we talked about just that, our identity, that we were uh, reconciled to God, that we were called by God, that we were uh, forgiven by God, that I am forgiven, I'm called, I'm reconciled. I'm, and then as we move into the second part of Ephesians, we move into something a little bit different, and, and instead of we're looking at uh, just our identity and who we are, but how do we live out that identity? And so we're going to dig right in this morning. I was doing, um, uh, uh, getting ready for the message for this morning, and uh, I, I looked at the whole, tried to look at the whole scope of, of the Ephesians church, the church in Ephesus. And uh, the church, the first time we hear about the church in Ephesus, it is uh, mentioned in Acts chapter 19. And uh, Paul, who is writing the letter in Ephesians, is actually there, and he greets the church, and he walks up, and it says that he finds some disciples of the church there in Ephesus, and he walks up to them, and he says, uh, he goes, he says, hey, have you received the baptism in the Holy Spirit? And uh, they said, we don't even know what that is. We don't know what you're saying. We don't know what baptism that is. And he said, well, what have you, within, within what baptism have you received? And the disciples said, well, we received the baptism of John. And so Paul looks at him and says, John, you guys remember John the Baptist prepared the way for Jesus. And he went around baptizing people into repentance to prepare them for who was to come after. And so Paul says that. He goes, well, John's baptism was just a preparation for Jesus coming later. Jesus is the Messiah. He's the one you should believe in. And the, Acts chapter 19 says that then they believed and were baptized in the name of Jesus. And then right after that, this is really neat, it says Paul then lays his hands on them and they were baptized in the Holy Spirit. And then it says following that, they began to prophesy and they began to, to speak in tongues. Fast forward, that's the beginning of the church. Fast forward all the way to the last book of the Bible, the book of Revelation, the scary one, all right? Here's the book of Revelation, and uh, we go to Revelation chapter 2, and the author of Revelation is uh, John. And so John's writing a letter, and he's writing a letter as if this message is from Jesus. In fact, if you have your Bibles and you look at Revelation chapter 2, if you have one of the red letter Bibles, your words are going to be in red because the words are from Jesus to the church. And so the letter, the first letter to the church is the church in Ephesus. All right, it's the same church. And so we look at what he says there, and I think I have it on the screen. And it says, write this letter to the angel of the church in Ephesus, all right, or the pastor of the church in Ephesus. This is the message from the one who holds the seven stars in his right hand, the one who walks among the seven gold lampstands, all right? I know all the things you do. I've seen your hard work and patient endurance. I know you don't tolerate evil people. You have examined the claims of those who say they are apostles, but are not. You have discovered they are liars. You have patiently suffered for me 
without quitting. But I have this complaint against you. You don't love me or each other as you did at first. Look how far you've fallen. Turn back to me and do the works you did at first. If you don't repent, I will come and remove your lampstand from its place among the churches. In other words, you believe, you believe all the right stuff. You have all the right beliefs. You have, or in other words, you have the right doctrine. You have, you, have, you have the right doctrine, the right beliefs. You have everything in order. Good. I commend you for that. You've done a good job. But here's the problem. You have forsaken your first love. You have forgotten. Turn back and do what you did at first. Otherwise, Scripture says he's going to remove the lampstand. In other words, he's going to remove his presence or he's going to remove his Holy Spirit from the church. He's going to back out or they're going to move so far away from him that God's presence won't be with them anymore. So we have the start of the church, the baptism in the Holy Spirit. It's incredible. They're baptized. They begin to love everybody. You guys have uh, read part of Acts before. You know what the church looks like. Fast forward all the way to the end. They have all the right things in order. They have all their beliefs in, in right in place. But their problem is, is that they have forsaken their first love. They've missed it. They started out right, and they are ending not right. Just because you start out right doesn't mean that we end right. And so we, and when we turn to Ephesians, uh, the passage today, Ephesians chapter 5, if you have your Bibles, the passage here, I think, speaks right into this moment of the message that if the Ephesians, I think if they had followed this verse, if they had followed this passage, the letter to them in the book of Revelation might have sounded a little bit differently. All right? So the passage, if you guys have been following along, have y'all been reading along in Ephesians for uh, the past several weeks since we've been in this series? The passage this week is actually really, really long, and I'm not going to read it. It's about two chapters worth. It's, it's the middle of chapter 4 all the way through the middle of chapter 6. So I'm not going to read all that. You guys can, it's okay. I'm just actually going to like four verses. So if you turn to Ephesians chapter 5, verses 15... Be very careful then how you live, not as unwise, but as wise, making the most of every opportunity because the days are evil. Therefore, don't be foolish, but understand what the Lord's will is. Do not get drunk on wine, which leads to debauchery. Instead, be filled with the Spirit. Speak to one another with psalms, hymns, and spiritual songs. Sing and make music in your heart to the Lord. Always giving thanks to God the Father for everything, in the name of our Lord Jesus Christ. I want to focus on that one verse, verse 18. Don't get drunk on wine, but be filled with the Spirit. Now, if I asked everybody in here, what does it mean to be filled with the Spirit? I'd probably get a lot of different answers. Probably as many different answers as there are people in here. What what does it mean to be filled with the Spirit? A lot of people would have different interpretations of what that means. Some people would say it means uh, if you're filled with the Spirit, that means you speak in tongues. Or if you're filled with the Spirit, it means that you can heal people. Or maybe you uh, prophesy. Or maybe you are happy all the time. If you're filled with the Spirit, you're just happy. Happy, happy, happy. (laughs) Or maybe, uh, you know, maybe it's somebody who never sins. Or maybe if you're filled with the Spirit, you're never angry or whatever. They have a lot of different interpretations. In Scripture, we read of uh, the baptism in the Holy Spirit. 
And we also hear about being filled with the Spirit. And this morning I want to talk about I am filled. Now, it's not that there's a difference between being baptized in the Holy Spirit and being filled with the Spirit, but I do want to say this. Follow along with me. There, there, it's two sides to the same coin. And this morning I want to talk about what it looks to, like to live your life in the Spirit. To live your life with Jesus always on the inside flowing out of you. That's the focus this morning. Chapter 5, verse 18, Paul says, Don't get drunk with wine, but be filled with the Spirit. Being filled with the Spirit is not necessarily um, an encounter, a single encounter with God. It's not necessarily um, a vision or not necessarily a dream. Being filled with the Spirit isn't necessarily each one of these moments. Now, if you're filled with the Spirit, it's likely some of you guys have experienced a lot of those different things. God still moves like that. God still does that. I still believe that. I know He does. God moves, and it's awesome. But walking a life, a life in the Spirit and being filled with the Spirit throughout your life doesn't mean necessarily one single one of those things. I think Paul gives us a pretty clear picture of some key indicators for what a Spirit-filled life looks like. And if you're taking notes, it's a, it's a really simple teaching this morning. Um, but I, I really, you know, sometimes it's the simple things that, most the, that make the biggest impact. And preparing for this message, uh, it made a, an incredible impact on me, real, real deep, deep impact. Now, I'm not saying you're about to hear an incredible message. I am, but I, what I am saying is it made an incredible impact on me, and, and, it's, this, and it's simple. It's just the simple things. And um, so if you're taking notes, I'll just have uh, a few points this morning. And uh, you can write some of these down. When Paul says, be filled with the Spirit, in the language that he's writing in, the way it reads is actually, uh, he says, don't get drunk with wine, but be filled. Be, actually, be being filled. Be continually filled filled continually be filled in the spirit it said it's the, the way the word is uh, the way the phrase is written it means continue to do this continue to be filled it's not a one-time thing it's not a chance encounter it's not something that happens every other week but all day every day be filled with the spirit be being filled with the spirit now we are a Pentecostal church and we're full of Pentecostal people but a life in the Spirit doesn't mean that we have a few encounters with Jesus every once in a while, or maybe even just once a month, but rather it's something that we live out every single day, God's Spirit at work in us. When Paul says, be filled with the Spirit, it's something ongoing, it's something continual, it's something that must be cultivated, something that's got to be uh, cultivated inside of you, like a, uh, like a garden. It's, it's garden time. I got any gardeners in here? Garden, yeah, summer garden, just a little bit, yeah. I started gardening a few years ago. I'm a serious farmer. I want you to know that. I've turned into a legit farmer. I, totally, I'm in it. I love it. I don't know what it is. I don't know if it's because I'm old now and I have children. That's what makes, you know, means you're old. I don't know. But I love it. I, I love it. And, 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 and the idea of being filled with the Spirit is the same idea of cultivating your soul, that cultivation. So I went on this trip several years ago. Uh, with the Master's Commission group down to the beach, just the guys, we went on this camping trip. It was one night, and it was on this island called Petty Boy Island, all right? Petty Boy Island down at the Gulf, and we're going to camp out. We don't bring anything except for uh, everything we can possibly pack. 
All right, we're only gone for one night, and we, and we pack it all. I mean, everything we could possibly pack. We pack it up on this boat. We take over to this island. We unload. We have tents and uh, food and, and, you know, just thousands of gallons of water. I mean, you know, because we're going to be there for 24 hours. And so we set up camp, and, uh, and then we just do nothing because you can't do nothing. You're on an island, all right? And, um, and we don't have any phones. We can't. I mean, we're just stuck. And so that night... Of course, we're brilliant, and we don't pay too much attention to the weather. A crazy, humongous, the, the worst storm I've ever been in in my entire life comes up on the island. It's terrible. In fact, later on the next day, we find out that there was actually a tornado that came through. It literally just jumped over the island. It was, it was the Lord. I mean, it, I mean it, it, we, there's a storm comes in. So we're there that night. It hits, um, I think if I remember right, probably about 11 o'clock at night, and it is just downpour. Wind is going everywhere. The rain is pouring down. We're in, I'm in a tent with three other guys and I can hear howls from people like from some of the other tents. If I remember there was probably 20, 25 of us out there. (laughs) I promise you I heard one guy scream, we're all gonna die. You know, it's just, it's just, it was, it was crazy. It was the worst storm I've ever been in. And uh, so I'm, I'm, I'm falling asleep, and I'm waking back up, and I'm falling asleep, and I'm waking back up. It's like having a newborn at the house. You know, it's like you, you, you think you've been asleep for like three hours, and it was five minutes, and you're like, oh, my God, you know. And so we, I wake up in the middle of the night, and I'm underwater. In fact, all four of us are underwater. We're underwater. I don't know how it's to explain. We're underwater. We're in the tent, and we're underwater. I can't. We're there, okay? There's like bubbles coming up. We wake up, and we're covered. It's freezing. We're, we, you know, we have hypothermia. I'm trying to paint the picture for you. This is the worst moment of our lives, and we were going to die. Finally, it stops raining, and, uh, but the wind is still there. It's crazy. And so we get out. It's like 2 o'clock in the morning, and, and we get out of the tent, and all the guys are walking out, and, and you, can, you, you can't really see. It's still dark, and it's just miserable. And we're covered in sand, and we're wet, and we're cold, and we're just mad. And so, so one of the guys goes, one of the guys in our tent says, I, I think I have an extra tent. Yes, get the extra tent. So we break the extra tent out. It's humongous. It's like an eight to ten man tent. There's only four of us. So we start to put the tent together, and it's old school. It's not the bendy poles. It's the it's the hard the hard poles. Some of you campers know what I'm talking about. It's full of like the aluminum poles, and there's like a million of them. So we spend the next twelve hours putting together this tent. <laughs> all right, two o'clock in the morning. So finally, we almost get to the end of it. It's you know we're like blocking each other from this just terrible wind and sand that's getting in our eyes, and it's but it's not raining. So finally we get to the end and we're missing a couple poles. I'm not saying I cussed. I'm just saying, (laughs) I'm just saying I was mad. So we just said, fine then. And we dropped our hands and all the poles just fell out of the tent, but the tent stayed up. I'm just telling you the truth. I'm not lying. I'm not lying. It's a true story. Pastor Mark was with us. This 10-man tent is up. 10-man tent was up with no poles. And it's just like this, just shaking. The wind has filled this tent, and it's so windy that it's completely open. And so we look at it, and we go, we're looking at each other, and we look up to the Lord, you know. We unzip the door, and then we step in the door, and we go, oh, my God. There are no poles. I promise you the tent is up. And so we go, this is unbelievable. And so we get in, we 
zip it back up and we lay down and we don't have any blankets because everything's wet, but we're so happy that we can lay our face down on dry tarp and dry sand. And we're just like, oh, this is wonderful. I love it. And the tent stays up. It was unbelievable. And the next morning we wake up and I can't, I don't know where I'm at. The tent has fallen down, of course. It's on our face and we're trying to like search out of our way. We can't, we try to unzip. We finally make our way out. It's, it's, it's nothing except a piece of fabric. This is the picture of the Christian life with no infilling of the spirit. It's not a tent. It's not a home. It's not a refuge. It's just a piece of fabric laying on the ground. But when he has filled us, that's exactly what it is. It's this big tent, and we can get inside, and it's nothing that we've done, but that he has filled it, and it's a refuge for us. And I want to give you that picture because the next couple things that I'm going to talk about, that how we are to uh, cultivate a life in the Spirit, it's going to look like stuff that we have to really, that we have to do and that we have to strive for. Part of it is... But on the flip side, God meets us there and he fills us with his spirit. So the first point is this, if you're writing notes. Number one, I think Paul says a spirit-filled life looks like this. Number one is cultivating a lifestyle of thankfulness. Verse 20, always giving thanks to God the Father for everything. Do you remember when you came to faith? Do you remember when you got saved? Some of you guys came to faith, and it was shock and awe. I mean, you got saved, and you were like, oh, my God. You went from all the way over here to all the way over here. I mean, you, it, was, it was an experience for you. It was incredible. God shook you, and you were just, you, you, you were saved. You came to faith. It was amazing. It was an amazing moment. Some others of you may have, if I asked you when you came to faith, you may go, it was about the summer of, you know, 2010, the summer of, you know, 2000, it was, and you could tell me a few things that happened and you came to faith and you were saved, but it was almost several steps, more like a season. And then here you are and you came to faith. No matter what that looked like, eventually, if you are in Christ long enough, you will realize that you have mountains and you have valleys and eventually you're going to hit a valley. And so, uh, What Paul says here in verse 18 is he says, don't get drunk with wine, but be being filled with the Spirit. In other words, what he's saying is, when you hit that moment, when you hit that valley, when you hit that place where you are tempted to turn to something else other than Jesus, don't spend your life turning to things that the world turns to. Don't get get drunk with wine. Don't go and, and try to fill the void in your life by, by, by filling your life with more stuff, by purchasing more things, by purchasing more cars. By do, don't, you, you will never fill the void in your life. Only God's Spirit will fill that. Don't turn to these other things. Instead, turn to Jesus. I don't know about you, but when I'm in a tough spot, the first thing to go for me is thankfulness. <laughs> I'm, not, I'm, not a, I'm not a... Thinker person. I'm not, a nat- I'm not naturally a thinker. That's a word, thinker. All right? I'm not naturally, I'm, I'm not. In fact, when, when a problem hits, I'm a problem solver. Probably like a lot of you guys in here, I, I want to I wanna know what the problem is. I want to fix the problem. I want to find out what it is. I'm going to be done with it, and I'm going to move on. I, I don't 
go to thinking, I go to fixing or complaining. <laughs> but whatever it is, if I'm upset, first thing to go is thankfulness. And so I'm reading this passage over the past week, week and a half, and I'm going, a spirit-filled life is a life filled with thankfulness where you're thanking God in all occasions. And I'm going, I don't, man, I don't know how often I, I do that. In fact, I know I've got a pretty good idea. My life isn't totally filled with thankfulness. I thank God on Sunday mornings. Man, when I'm in here in worship and, and like everybody's singing and, 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 I, and I see you guys are encouraging me just by looking at you and I'm going, this is awesome. But I, th- thankfulness is one of the first things to go for me. In fact, uh, one, time, one, time I got in, uh, one time I got mad at my wife. Uh, one time. And, um, and so, but I still had to prepare for this message. Now you know when it was. So, <laughs> all right. so one time I got mad. Honestly, I don't even remember what it was. It was I'm sure it was serious. Uh, I was upset. I was, I was upset enough to where all my thankfulness was gone. My thankfulness is out the door. All right, I don't want to thank God for nothing. Have you ever tried to thank God for when you were upset? Have you ever tried to change and be happy when you were upset? One time a guy told me to do this. He said, if you're mad, he said, just get alone and just smile for 30 seconds. Don't do that. <laughs> if you're like me, it just made me matter. I smiled for 30 seconds. And I got done, and I thought, I'm going to kick something over. I'm going to kick a hole in this wall. It's just, it made it worse. And so I'm upset, but, I, but, but it's late at night, and I'm going to go pray, and I'm going to uh, uh, study some. And so I get in here, and I'm looking, and I'm going, thanking God for everything. This is crazy. I'm not thanking God for nothing. And I'm telling God, I'm going, God, I don't, I, I'm so mad. If, if, I, if I try to thank you for something, I'm going to get even madder. Is it more mad or is it mad? Madder most maddest. That's what I am. So, so I go, well, I don't, I don't, I don't know. I don't know how to thank you, but, but a lifestyle of thankfulness is what a spirit filled life looks like. And that's what you've called me to cultivate. And so somehow eventually, if I'm to mature in Christ, I've got to figure out how to live a spirit filled life on Monday through Saturday. And so I said, I, I, I don't know. I, okay, I, I'll thank you for, um, and I started to think about the fruit of the Spirit. My kids sing this fruit of the Spirit song. It's really fun. I'm not going to sing it for you because it has dance moves and I don't have time. But it's, I, I thought, you know what? You know the fruit of the Spirit, love, joy, peace, patience, kindness, goodness, faithfulness, gentleness, and self-control. And I thought, all right, God, I'm going to thank you for your patience with me. You've been so patient with me. When, I, when, my, when my moods are up here and when they're down here and when I'm acting right and when I'm not acting right, and when, you've, been, you've just been patient with me. Of course you have been. That's the fruit of the Spirit, and that's like who you are. <laughs> and so, and I, and, and I, and I go, I, I don't feel, I'm, I'm still mad, but I'm thanking God, and I know, I know you're patient with me. And I know you're kind towards me. Because if I were you, I'd strike me dead now because my attitude is disgusting and um started thanking him for his kindness and i thought you know what it's his kindness that leads us to repentance and i started thanking him for his uh his goodness towards me and i worked my way through thanking god how he's been to me when i didn't deserve it and then all of a sudden i find myself 
and it's not me, it's God. I want you to know that. I'm, this isn't celebration of me. I hope you realize that. Um, I find myself thanking God for the gift that is my wife. And that's exactly what she was and, and is. And, and, and I go, and he just kind of pulls the layers back and he goes, look at, look at, look at what you have. And I'm going, oh. and I'm thanking God in, in that situation. And I'm telling you that because that's, that was what was most real to me at that moment. And um, there are all kinds of different occasions and different times where we are to thank God. And, uh, and most of them are outside of Sunday morning. Most of them are outside of Wednesday night. And um, maturity, to mature in Christ and to uh, live a life filled with the Spirit is to cultivate a lifestyle of thanksgiving. And it, it's, it's hard. It's hard to do. I'm way on the front end. Some of you guys, some of you seasoned saints are way over here and you're going, yeah, keep trying. You've got a long way to go. Keep. <laughs> I, I, somebody told me this. They said, I, I, there's no doubt to me, Paul cussed the first time he was sent to prison. He did. He was angry. He was, he, if you read Scripture, Paul sounds like a mean guy. <laughs> I mean, he was, it, he, but Scripture says the last time he was there, it writes, down, it writes down how he was singing praises to God for being in prison that he could suffer for Jesus. And I look and I go, he was cultivating a lifestyle of thankfulness and it began to fill his life like that air inside of that tent. The next one is cultivating a lifestyle of humble love. Verse 21 says this, Submit to one another out of reverence for Christ. Submit to one another. The passage here goes into several different kinds of relationships. The parent and the child, the husband and the wife, uh, at this time, it says the slave and the master. Um, uh, real quick, it, it was in, in that day, most of the time, it was more in, like an employer-employee uh, uh, type relationship. Either way, the point was you are to submit yourself one to another, no matter what the relationship is, that you are to um, humbly love one another. So uh, I, I had a, a friend in high school. We, we had a social studies class, and there was a, it was a world religions section. And so one day we had had a pastor come in, and the next week uh, we had a Hindu priest come in. And so he's talking about the Hindu religion, uh, Hindu religion in school. And I had this friend, and he was... Uh, I didn't think he was a believer. There was nothing about him that would say that he was a believer in Jesus. It, his life said the opposite, all right? And I was in 10th grade, and I remember we're sitting in class, and the Hindu priest uh, is talking about his religion. And then my friend raises his hand like this, and his name's Jeremy, and he goes, he goes, you mean to tell me you don't believe in Jesus? And... uh this Hindu priest stands up there and he goes, no, I do. We, we do believe in Jesus. We believe he was a great teacher. And he goes, but you don't believe that he was the son of God. And he said, well, um, we believe that he was a great teacher. And then he interrupts again and he goes, so you're telling me that you don't believe in heaven and you don't believe in hell? And we're looking at him going, who is this guy? <laughs> and, uh, and then he says this and he goes, well, I know where people who don't believe go. 
And I think, and I'm sitting in class and I'm going, you, you, and everybody's looking at him going, what? And so he's got all the, apparently he had all the right beliefs. He kind of had the right beliefs down. And, uh, but he, he was kind of missing out on the love thing in all of his relationships. Right belief plus a lack of love equals wrong beliefs. And that's where the Ephesian church found themselves at the end when we looked at the, at the book of Revelation. We looked and they found themselves with all the right beliefs but a lack of love. They were missing out. If we are to be filled with the Spirit regularly, Monday through Saturday, then we are to cultivate our relationships. They are to be characterized by humble love one to another. And that takes work like a garden to cultivate that, to work into that. To, it, you, you're not going to be perfect. I'm not going to be perfect at that. But God comes alongside us. His Spirit comes alongside us and works with us in that. The number three, the last one is this, cultivating a lifestyle of worship. Verse 19, speak to one another in psalms, hymns, and spiritual songs. Sing and make music in your heart to the Lord. Scripture says that a spirit-filled person has a word in their heart, has a song in their heart, and they share it with one another. That's what that is. That's what a psalm is. A psalm are written out prayers from, uh, uh, from the Bible. They're written out prayers to God. And so a spirit-filled person has a word and they share it or has a song or has a melody. There's, there's a difference between words and, and songs. You ever got a song stuck in your head? Of course you have, yes. Everybody loves music. Everybody, everybody sings, whether you're alone or you're in front of people, we all do it. And you all know you do. You're, you may be alone driving in the car, but that song comes on the radio and your head starts doing this. You start humming along. You start singing along. Yeah, it starts coming out. I, look, I, I'm, I'm, Scripture says that, uh, that we are, that spirit-filled person has a song in them. And I'm not here to tell you to come up here and say, look, you should, you should, you know, you only can listen to uh, worship music and nothing else. I'm, I'm not going to sit up here and, and tell you that. I, but what I am going to say is this. Songs fill our heart. And you can, have, you, you can have a melody in your heart during the day. I, I, if I'm going to have a melody in my heart during the day, I want it to be something that is uplifting to God. I, I, I want that because it, it changes. Um, I don't want to say I'm a moody person, but I do want to say it changes uh, my, um, my posture towards God throughout the day. And so... I can, you can have a song on, from the radio that says the complete opposite of what you really believe, and that can, be in, that can be, you know, you can be thinking about that all day and singing that or whatever, and that's fine. Or you can have something that is, that is uplifting to God, and it just resonates in you, and it's a melody to you in your heart, and it's going on in your head and in your heart. And you, you, can, have, uh, you can have a song in your mind that says... Uh, uh, Oh, I don't remember what it was. I had a good one I was going to say. You can, have a, you can have a song that has something in your heart, or you can have one that's like None But Jesus from this morning. None But Jesus. God, I live to sing your praise. You got this tune stuck in your head all the time. And when you cultivate a lifestyle of worship, when you cultivate a lifestyle of uh, in, in, in your heart 
the Spirit, you make space for God's Spirit to live there. You're making space. You're cultivating space. You, you are hosting God's Spirit in you. You are the temple of the Lord, and you are making space for Him to live there. And, 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 I, th- and I think here, when he, say, when he says, sharing with one another uh, psalms and hymns and spiritual songs, how many of you guys have been following along in Ephesians with us? Some of you guys have been following along? Uh, if I would, I've got a couple people that are going to help me this morning. I just want you to, I've got, uh, I think two of you, if you guys would go ahead and come up, Shay and Matt, would y'all come up here? Um, I've asked them, actually just this morning, uh, if, if they would just share, all it is is, you guys have been following along in Ephesians, just a passage, uh, a short scripture, yeah, <laughs> you can stand on that stair. A, a short scripture that just meant something that's just meant something to you over the past few weeks and and that's all so this is Shay go ahead Shay um, the scripture that I chose is Philippians 4 verse 6 through 7 and it just says do not be anxious about anything but in every situation by prayer and petition with thanksgiving present your request to God and the peace of God which surpasses all your understanding will guard your hearts and your minds in Christ Jesus all right Maddie uh, one of my favorite ones probably is James 1, 2 through 3. Consider it pure joy, my brothers, whenever you face trials of many kinds, because the testing of your faith will develop perseverance. So it may continue its work, and you'll be mature and complete, not lacking anything. And that's one thing that was really speaking to me about being mature this morning. Yeah. Whenever I go through stuff, it's always mature and complete. It's going through my head that this is what God's putting me through, so I've become a better man of God. Yeah, yeah. It's... it's um. It's, it's, a, it's a difficult thing to hear that God is not out to make you happy, but he's out to make you holy, and, um, and he's wanting to mature you. Yeah, so thank you, guys. Thank you all. Uh, I think um, when we, I think when you're walking in the Spirit and when you're studying and you're loving Jesus and, and, you're, and you're learning about him, we all get uh, words in our heart. That doesn't mean I have to go up to you and I have to say, God is telling me to tell you this. God does that. He doesn't do that very often with me. But way more often than that, I just get this thought in my mind where I go, man, this was encouraging to me. This was a cool thought about God. This was neat to me. God is, anytime I'm facing a difficult time, like he's maturing me. And I know that's hard to hear, but that's what he's doing. Man, what do you think about that? That's, that's sharing. That, that's what a spirit-filled life looks like. That you would have word a word in your heart that you'd have a scripture in your heart that you would share with one another if um in the worship team if you guys would go ahead and come on up that you would share with one another what god's doing in your life a spirit-filled life is one that is cultivating a lifestyle of worship regularly is always cultivating a lifestyle of worship a spirit-filled life means this continually cultivating a love for God in your heart, Monday through Saturday and on Sundays. Not necessarily a a single encounter, though we have those, though we'll have a a great service tonight, soak service, come out tonight for the soak service. But God's plan for you is so much bigger than that, that he would actually walk with you and me each day, each night, 
every single time, and when we are being called to mature, when we are going through difficult times, which is exactly what all of us will go through, and, 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 and we're not going to act like we don't, but when we are doing that, that God it says, look, my spirit is with you. I'm, you are filled. You are filled. It's, it's difficult to understand, to see when you're reading uh, in that passage, the way Paul has it written, what comes first. Are we to thank God continually and submit to one another and share with one another and then God fills us? Or are we filled and then out of that filling we are to thank God for everything and we are to submit to one another and we are to uh, share with one another? I think the answer is yes. I think think it's like this. I think you are filled and out of that filling we thank God. And out of that filling we humbly love each other and our relationships are characterized by a humble love. And out of that we are sharing with one another what God's doing in us. That's what it means to have a spirit-filled life. And what you'll do is you'll find out that one day when you normally hit this low and you normally would stay down there for a long time and you start to have all these doubts, instead, you, you start, you, you're not down there for so long. You don't stay down there for that long. Instead, God has filled you with His Spirit and He is maturing you and me in a life lived in the spirit continually if you would if everybody would stand with me if the prayer team would you guys come come up here to the front I, I want to have I want to give you guys an opportunity to pray this morning I think there are uh, hold tight with me just for a minute I, God wants to do something in your life this morning a lot of you If you're in here and you've never been baptized in the Holy Spirit and your heart's beating and you feel like this morning is is it, I want somebody to pray with me that I'll be baptized in the Holy Spirit. This morning's for you. If you're in here and you say, I'm, I'm no longer, I know I was filled at one time with God. I know when I received Christ, He came and lived in me and I was filled with the Spirit, but I'm not living out that feeling anymore. I'm not walking that out. I'm just here, man. I'm just here. And when you talked about, Joel, when you talked about the Spirit being like that wind in that tent that kept that thing up all night long, when you talked about that, I thought, that's me. I want that. I I want to be filled with the Spirit day to day to day to day to day, day in, day out. If you want everybody close your eyes in here. If you're the first and you said, I want somebody to pray with me, being baptized in the Holy Spirit, would you raise your hand real high? Or you're in here and you say, yeah, you're in here and you say, I'm not walking out the filling of the Holy Spirit. I'm just not. I'm just kind of, I have some beliefs about God, but but I'm not walking it out anymore. But I want to. Would you lift your hand real, real high? Real, real high, then you put it back down. Yeah. If you're in here and you just say, Joel, I've... I've never made a commitment to Jesus. I've never decided that I was going to follow him wholeheartedly all the way. And this morning, I want to do that. If that's you, would you raise your hand real, real high? Then you can put it back in. God, we love you this morning. Lord, we, we are filled and we are being filled. And we want to continue to be filled with your spirit. We want to live a life cultivating your spirit in our life, God, where we would grow and we would mature and your spirit would be with us continually. God, filling our hearts. 
Lord, I pray that you would, that this church would be a church that is led by the Spirit of God with people that are filled with the Spirit of God. But we're not here to walk alone throughout the rest of our lives. That we made a decision a long time ago that we, were, that we received you, but now we're on our own. We're not filled with a bunch of beliefs, God, but we are filled with the living Spirit of God. And I pray that this church would be characterized by a people that are continually cultivating a love for God. We love you this morning. Lord, do that in us. If you're in here and you raised your hand, I want to I welcome you to come up here. The prayer team would love to pray with you.